Well, hey there, campers. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Camp Cryptid. I am your host, Erica Fett. And today, I hope that, uh, you know, the week is finding you well. And I hope that you're staying warm and eating lots of soup and uh, gearing up for some more creepy stories in today's episode. Uh, So last week and the week before, I did a two-parter about all of the uh, scariest monsters that are cold weather and uh, snow related. And I really want to thank everybody for your excitement on those. I really probably want to do another episode for sure on the Yeti and more on the Yuki. Fiona. And I always want to talk about more Bigfoot and Yeti related stuff. So I'm super happy that you all really enjoyed those episodes. I love cryptids and this is Camp Cryptid. So we have to have a lot of cryptid love, I feel like in these episodes. So the good news is I'll be gearing up to chat more about cryptids like the Mothman in February, uh, as well as kicking off the year with some brilliant guests. I'm really excited to be gradually interviewing my castmates and the director and writer of A Gettysburg Haunting, uh, Gabe Braxton, who was uh, busy writing more amazing horror stories as we speak. So I'm very excited to see what brilliant stuff he comes up with. But in the meantime, I am very excited for today's episode. And today I'm going to be talking about more campfire tales from all of you listeners. And I'm super excited because they come from all over the world. And this is really just a time to kind of sit down and listen to some creepy stories that you all have experienced. And to me, there's nothing more exciting than listening to all these weird, creepy stories and it being a little cold outside and just kind of getting warm, grabbing some tea or hot cocoa or coffee or, you know, whatever you want to drink. But I'm really excited to uh, get into some creepy stories with the Campfire Tales today. When it comes to the campfire tales, I keep getting in my mind that when it's nice out, I'm going to build a little bonfire in my backyard and record these episodes outside around an actual fire. Like, think like, are you afraid of the dark? (laughs) That's like, you know, growing up with like watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's like in my mind, the most perfect scenario to do these campfire tales. Let's keep our fingers crossed that my dreams can come true. And somehow I can figure out a way to record these campfire tales outside around a bonfire. Um, So yeah, let's, let's, let's just kind of manifest that. <laughs> but uh, I thought today I would start out with another campfire tale of my own. And I've always kind of loved all of the creepy horror stuff. I've always been in love with horror, um, and especially sci-fi too, uh, growing up. And I've always had all these creepy experiences all my life where I do believe that there's definitely like paranormal Um, spirits around us all the time. But there was this one particular instance of when uh, my husband and I went to Melville Castle in Scotland. And Melville Castle is about 20, I'd say like 25 minutes south of Edinburgh. And it's about 15 minutes west of Roslyn Chapel. And if you are familiar with like the Da Vinci Code and like Freemason stuff, the Roslyn Chapel is basically uh, in, in the Da Vinci Code movie. That's basically where they ended up finding like more Freemason stuff and like basically the, I, I don't remember what they found, but it was, it was really crazy because it's all this Freemasonry. I think they thought that they were hiding like the Ark of the Covenant there at one time too, but it's really a cool chapel if you look into it. It's got some crazy history and uh, this Melville Castle is, is about 15 minutes away from there. So it's kind of like in a cool place where if you want to go to Edinburgh and you want to go hang out and see all the cool architecture and castles and all the history there, uh, this is a great little place to stay. But what I loved about it is that uh, Melville Castle is this castle that was built, I think, in the 1100s. And it is it is definitely creepy. And it is definitely out in the middle of kind of nowhere, uh, which I really loved. Uh, but the nice thing is, is that you can like, they have little bikes there and like little trails. And I think there's like a golf course close. So if you like to golf too, you can go golf. But this, this castle is basically, it has all of this history. And Mary, Queen of Scots, actually at one point, 
went and like planted some trees with one of her lovers. Uh, and that lover actually ended up getting uh, murdered later on at another palace uh, inside Edinburgh on the stairs, uh, which is pretty, pretty brutal. But so they say that in Melville Castle, Mary, Queen of Scots ghosts, sometimes you can see her as well as other uh, entities and people who have lived there over the past. But my experience in Melville Castle was pretty interesting. Uh, my husband and I got there and I think we went in about 2016. And, uh, you know, I had to take some thirst traps for like Instagram and stuff. So I was taking pictures in my room. And as we're like un- unpacking in our room, we started hearing footsteps above us. And we started, it, it almost sounded like someone was like just getting into the room and they were like maybe unpacking themselves. And so we didn't really think anything of it. And then we went into the city and we came back. Well, later on that evening, my husband and I got to talking to the people at the front desk who were so nice. Like it, it was just, they were so kind and so nice. And we were talking and we we're like, yeah, like who stayed? Like, is there someone staying above us? Because basically the people at the front desk were like, listen, you have free reign. If you guys want to check out anywhere around the castle, feel free to go walk around, explore the castle. Uh, if a door is locked, that's, you know, that just means you can't go in there. But if a door is unlocked, it's all game, right? So we were joking around and being like, oh yeah, we'll just make sure we won't go in the people above us in their room. And that's when he asked and basically looked at us and said, well, what room are you guys staying in? And we told him and he's like, well, there's no one staying above you. And we were like, what? Like we heard people walking, like we literally both heard people walking. And so I basically sat down and I was like, well, what is this place really haunted? Like what's going on? And he's like, God, oh, there's times where he's like, I walk through the downstairs. He's like, and I do not feel comfortable. He's like, you feel like someone's watching you. And then he told me a story about how there was a guest staying in our room. And while she's staying in our room, she was like sitting there doing her hair and she was looking in the mirror. And when she looked in the mirror, the next time when she looked up, she looked in the corner and there was a woman hanging upside down in the corner. And this woman screamed and ran out of the entire castle. And she actually sent for someone to go get her stuff because she did not want to go back in there. And so after I hear that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not going to sleep tonight. I am going to wake up and someone's going to be standing right above me. Um, But luckily I didn't, we didn't have any experiences like that other than hearing the footsteps above us, which was pretty weird. But I will say that 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 little experience has always stuck with me because it was it was so crazy to hear the footsteps above us. And it was so crazy because we were like, there's definitely someone staying above us. Like, I mean, it's a castle. It's an old castle. So you can kind of hear everything in there. But uh, to know that there was no one staying above us in the room was pretty frightening. And then to hear that story, I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah. So if you ever go to Scotland and you need a really cool place to stay, Melville Castle is amazing. Uh, I know that there are a lot of public transports that can get you there a lot faster than a cab, uh, which is really, really great. And if you're just in Scotland in general and you need a cool place to go, Melville Castle is pretty awesome. And I, I definitely want to give a shout out to that. Now, the funny thing is, is I, I was, I was going to talk about this story about Melville. And I was looking online and I was like, okay, well, let me make sure I'm not missing any history or any weird things. And I go to this blog. And as I'm reading this blog... I'm like, this story sounds very familiar. And this blog took my story that I posted on TripAdvisor from my stay at Melville Castle and used it uh, for their haunted history of Melville Castle, which I thought was really neat. So shout out to TripAdvisor. (laughs) I love TripAdvisor. Granted, I haven't been really on TripAdvisor much. I used to be like one of the top contributors for for TripAdvisor. I used to get like sent like stickers and stuff, which was really cool. I thought that was like the coolest thing. Um, But... Yeah, I I was so excited that my TripAdvisor review got used on this blog for a haunted haunted history of Melville Castle. So, uh, yeah, 
that's that's one of my that's one of my creepy stories about Melville Castle. And and like I said, my husband and I walked around the on the property and we took we did it like a little bike ride. I found like an awesome piece of quartz there, and I still have it to this day. It's like my favorite thing ever. Um, but like I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Scotland. I mean, everybody who knows me knows that it's like my homeland. I, I I'm obsessed with Scotland. Like my 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 like eleventh great grandmother was like Matilda of Scotland. So then I'm like, oh my god, I I have to go there. This is my this is my place. This is where I, you know. So one day. I will definitely be diving in Loch Ness and living in like a cute little castle cottage there in Scotland. So that's another thing I need to manifest. <laughs> but that's just one of the, the many weird experiences I've had in Scotland. And I have talked before about some of my experiences in Scotland. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I just have a ghost that follows me around. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's hope not. But kind of, if it's a nice ghost, I don't mind it, right? But so today's episode is all about campfire tales, and I'm really excited. And if you are listening and you have a creepy story, whether it be like a cryptid encounter, a paranormal encounter, or even like a UFO sighting, I love to hear it all. I'm anything science fiction and sci-fi and horror, you just send it my way, and I get so excited to read these stories. So if you have your own story, don't forget to go to campcryptidpod.com. There's a little contact section where you can leave me your story, and um, maybe it makes another episode of Campfire Tales, and we love that. So today's Campfire Tales is going to kick off with a story from Ricardo. And Ricardo says, I worked at a radio station in Tauranga, New Zealand, back in 94-95, doing a midnight to 6 a.m. We were on the second floor of a three-story building. The bottom and top floors were unoccupied, and from 5 to 8 a.m., the only way to get into the building was to buzz the front door and whoever was at the studio had to buzz you in. I was in there on my own each night and knew that no one could get in without me letting them in. The door to the studio was at the announcer's right hand side and outside of that was a reception desk in the top of the stairs, plus a hallway leading to the kitchen bathroom. I started seeing someone or something going past the studio door out of the corner of my eye while I was talking on the mic. I dismissed it as paranoia. A few weeks later, this had been going on and off throughout the night. I had my back to the door to the studio as I was pulling CDs out of the library for the next hour. Yes, I'm that old. And I got the gut feeling that someone was watching me. You know, the feeling like someone's eyes are boring into you. Anyway, I stood up and turned around. Nothing to see, but then I felt something pass through me. I went cold to my core and then hot and started to feel like I was sweating. After that, I never saw or felt anything again. I told someone I worked with about it, and they told me that the bottom floor had once been a funeral home. Ooh, that is so creepy. You know, I... uh I know how creepy, absolutely creepy radio stations can be. I um at my college I in in undergrad I did a, a radio show at our it was called Founders Hall. And uh, it's one of the, it's basically this campus had like underground tunnels all throughout it that went to different places in the city. So there's a lot of lore about where I went to school, but uh, we did a radio station um, with my friend. We did like a rock show and it was on the top floor and it is so creepy. And when you're in those little booths, it's just like, you're, you're kind of like isolated. And I can only imagine how creepy that would feel because like when you're in that little space, you know, doing your recordings, it's like, there's an entire like world outside of you happening and to feel like someone's out there and you're like, and oh, that has to be so creepy. Also, I think there's something really, really also awesome about this and talking about CDs and digital media because I miss the days of having like my big CD book of like all of my CDs. So this was a great story, not only for nostalgia of the great physical media era, but you know, getting that creepy story. 
And Ricardo, that is so crazy that it was once a funeral home. I'd be very interested to see if anybody else who was working there felt like there was other presences. And I, I guess I wonder too, did you feel like it was like a negative energy or did you feel like it was more of like a, like just kind of like someone just gradually saying hi, maybe they just really love the music you were playing. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what this comes. They were a fan. They were like, this man is cool. <laughs> But yeah, that's a great story. And like I said, coming from New Zealand, that is re- that is a really cool story. And thank you so much, Ricardo, for sending that in. So this next story comes from Mike. And Mike says, hey, I have had a few paranormal experiences in my life. One time in particular, I was traveling for work and was in Manitoba, Canada. And a co-worker who knew I was into weird stuff, LOL, suggested that I stay at Fort Gary Hotel in downtown Winnipeg. I didn't think anything of it. But when I checked in, I was getting overlook hotel vibes, to say the least. So I take my bags up to my room and the hotel is old. It opened in 1913 and hasn't seen a ton of updates since then. Anyways, I get into my room and put my bags beside the bed. The room looks like royalty has been staying there. Very old, but high class old, if that makes sense. I figure I'll use the restroom quickly before meeting my colleague downstairs at the bar. I sit down on the toilet and start scrolling on my phone, like one does, when I hear footsteps shuffling across the carpeted floor. It sounded like it was coming from inside my room, and the door to the hotel hallway was not near where the sound was coming from. So I turn to look at the door and realize the old style door to the bathroom has slats at the bottom, so you can partially see out of them and down towards the floor. And I swear to God, when I looked through the slats, I saw small feet like a young kid wearing Victorian old shoes and high socks with ruffled pant legs walk past the bathroom door toward the corner of the room and out of my sight. I was frozen in terror. I started to call out, hello, are you lost? Nothing. I cleaned up, washed my hands and opened the door to the bathroom, expecting to find someone in my room, but no one was there. It sends shivers through my spine when I talk about it. Needless to say, I didn't sleep much that night as it felt like someone was watching me the whole time. When I had that drink with my colleague, I told him what had taken place and he started laughing, then went on to tell me that the hotel is one of the most haunted places in Canada and that's why he suggested I stay there. LOL. I had no idea, but I do now and haven't stayed there again since. (laughs) well that is super creepy and this sent me on like a spiral down like all of these like haunted hotels in Canada which there are a lot Um, I actually haven't heard of this hotel but from the outside the building looks straight out of a horror movie so I totally get the how you felt like it was overlooked Um, it is it is really a cool looking hotel and there's a lot of history I tried so desperately to find the article uh, on newspapers.com where I you know was looking to validate this story that basically people said that there was a woman who hung herself in a certain room um, and, and, and the story kind of varies. Like some, some, some stories say that she hung herself after she was told that her husband was killed in a uh, car accident or a trolley accident. Other stories say that she was murdered in this room. And I can't really find anything on the stories, but I mean, these stories exist. So I, I, there, there must be something that they're based off of. So if, if we can get any internet sleuths to find us this story about the, um, I think they said her name was like Katie and, and, and the idea is that it happened in like the forties, but like I said, I I was doing so much reading. On, I was like going through all of these newspapers. And at one point, I like fell asleep sitting up. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I think it's time to take a break because I definitely fell asleep sitting up trying to find find this information. I was like, I was desperate to find anything on this on this hotel and, and anything that happened as far as like deaths or suicides or anything like that. Um, but one thing I did find that was really cool is apparently that this hotel was built in 1913 and it's a 13-story hotel. So I thought that was pretty interesting, that 13, you know. Um, but apparently it was built uh, for the, the train system. And there were supposedly tunnels that led from the hotel to the train system. But apparently the tunnels have been boarded up 
And supposedly staff has tried to find these tunnels that led to the train station and no one has found them. So there definitely is still a little bit of mystery inside that Fort Gary Hotel. So I uh, definitely would love to make a trip to Canada and maybe uh, stay here for myself and uh, see if we get some creepy vibes because there's definitely, I think, something going on there. But a lot of people say that it's definitely haunted. And the cool thing about the Fort Gary Hotel is that it was kind of like a pop-in hotel back in its day. It held a lot of conferences. There were a lot of popular people and famous people who stayed there. So uh, it was definitely uh, it was definitely a, the hotel to be at back in the day when it opened. So there's definitely probably some spirits lingering around to this day, which I think is really cool. And it's really crazy, Mike, that you saw that. So it uh, sounds like you had a little little friend trying to play some jokes on you there. So thanks so much, Mike, for sending that. I get really excited about any type of haunted hotel. <laughs> so, so this next story is going to be from David. And David says, there was a short period in my life when I turned back my Christian beliefs and opened myself up to Wiccan and spirits in general. This was in my early 20s, which puts us in early 2000s. So I used to hang out at this coffee shop that would stay open till 1 or 2 a.m. Lots of fun. As usual, it would get foggy in my hometown. And as I'm sitting there with my friends, I feel like we're being watched. I looked across the street, just looking at the buildings and the shrubbery up and down the block there as the fog gets a bit thicker. Now, I don't see it on my first or third scan, but by the fourth, I notice a section of the shrubbery becomes a bit distorted and a pair of yellow eyes are watching through the top of the bushes. They stand roughly about four feet tall. I blink several times as I scan further. As I'm locked on to this and not moving, it takes several forced shakes of a friend to get me to notice that he's been calling out to me. I keep my voice low so as not to alarm the others. He sits and casually scans as I did and sees it immediately. All we see is eyes, no legs or body, just eyes. He states I'm not supposed to be able to see this as I've only begun studying Wiccan and spirits. Now this guy had no sense of fear in anything, but that night he was beyond spooked. It disappeared with the fog after about 20 minutes, even made the bushes move as it did. He never told me what it was I saw. Reading stories later on, it suggested that what we saw was a hellhound. Now, I have no further proof, but occasionally, if it gets particularly foggy where I live, now I swear I get that same feeling and will see those eyes. So this this story, when I read it, David, it led me on this binge of watching The Omen because I was like, oh, man, The Omen has hellhounds. And so then I watched the original Omen and the second one, and then the, the third was Sam Neill. And I just went on a whole kick of The Omen because I was like, I have to watch things with hellhounds in it. Well, I mean, the second one doesn't have hellhounds, but the third one, I think, does have hellhounds. But I really need to do a full episode on hellhounds because the way that they're described over many cultures is incredibly interesting, and it varies. Uh, some say that they're just a dog. Uh, some say it's a dog with multiple heads. And, uh, you know, and even in like shows like What We Do in the Shadows, it's just a little cute golden retriever. So I think it's, you know, uh, the interpretations of hellhounds are very, very interesting, but it, it is very, very terrifying to think that a hellhound is like just sitting there watching, and especially after you had been like kind of like showing interest in learning about Wiccan. Either way, hellhounds are an extremely interesting beast. And it, it even had me going through all my MetaZoo cards to see if I had a hellhound um, because I knew that there was like a Kentucky hellhound card. And I was like, I was like hoping so badly that I had it so I could post it when I, when I post this episode. But um, hellhounds are really a very interesting cryptid. And like I said, I'll have to definitely do an entire episode on hellhounds because the way that they're described, I mean, could just be eyes. It could just be the figure of a dog. Uh, you know, maybe it was Sirius Black. <laughs> But, you know, that is really crazy, David. And I, I, I'm curious. I, I, I kind of want to send you an email to find out where you live because I'd be interested to see if other people have had any type of sightings like that in the area that you live because I know 
there's like the Bridgewater Triangle in um, the on the East Coast and like the Upper New England area, which is a, a very interesting area. There, there's a lot of weird sightings. So I would be interested, David, to see where you live to see if I can connect any of the dots with any other strange sightings. So I'll have to get I'll have to I'll have to touch base with you on that one. But yeah, so definitely now, now, David, thank you, because now I'm going to have to do an episode on hellhounds. <laughs> but I love it, though. I'm not going to complain at all. <laughs> I love dogs, too. So I was like calling my dog a, a hellhound all day after I read this uh, this this story. It was like, that's my little hellhound. And he, of course, was being an adorable little hellhound, and I would not mind it. So yeah, that's my bub. So this next story is going to be from Aaron. And Aaron says, I have a creepy story. The scariest thing that I've ever experienced. It happened in Adams County in Southern Ohio. My friends and I used to go ghost hunting all the time. We would go to haunted sites, but our favorites were cemeteries. This is also where we experienced the most paranormal activity. I've seen apparitions full sprinting through a cemetery. I've also seen them floating on the edge of the woods. That shit is real. Anyway, one night we were in the cemetery and it just became the witching hour. We are standing backwards by the back of the cemetery about 40 feet from the edge of some thick woods. So my buddy Nick says it's 3.33 a.m. Time for things to get weird. Literally, as soon as he said that, an orb shoots across the ground at our feet. We're in awe. We start commenting and reassuring that we all saw it. As we are talking about it, the most blood-curdling, loudest death scream comes from the woods. It sounds like a young woman being axe-murdered. I've never heard anything like it and hope I never hear anything like it again. It happened right behind a tombstone we had gotten an EVP recording from. Very odd ones. And the tombstone was of a young girl, maybe 13. So the scream happens and we bolt for the car, hopping graves and headstones and full sprinting the hell out of there. The screams don't stop. We get in the car and take off. I'm driving. We make it a maybe a quarter mile down the road and a deer is honestly tossed into the road. Southern Ohio is woodsy. Both sides of the roads were forest. So driving along terrified of what happened out of the woods on the left side of the road, a deer is tossed from the thick trees and lands on the road on its neck, body in the air. It slides across half the road on its neck, gets up and runs away in the opposite direction of the street's forest. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bigfoot sightings in Southern Ohio, but there are a lot. The Bentonville Grassman is probably the most popular from the area. It was like a Bigfoot tossed this deer. I've never seen a deer launched into the street like like it was tossed from its spine with two hands. So that was one of two near-death experiences that night after the scream. The deer is launched right in front of the car. I slam on the brakes and it just adds to already terrified and anxious emotions that we were dealing with. Then we make it about 10 miles down the road. We are maybe a mile from where we are going to stay for the night. A semi is approaching from the opposite direction on a two-lane backcountry road. Just as it began to meet us, it swerved into our lane and I was forced to drive off the road through a farm field and ramp the ditch back onto the road. We made it to our friend's house in sheer panic and thought we would never leave again. Absolutely the scariest thing I've ever encountered. Creepy is an understatement. So, you know, it's so funny when um, I talk to people about Bigfoot because uh, a lot of people don't really think that like Bigfoot is uh, the sightings are in Ohio. And when I tell people like, no, like I, I think like last year, Ohio was number seven for Bigfoot sightings. And a lot of people don't realize when they think of Ohio, they think it's like this like flat uh, corn land. And, and don't get me wrong. There is a lot of Ohio that is flat 
cornfields and it's it's like children of the corn vibes, right? Uh, but there are a lot of parts of Ohio that are very hilly and uh, mountainous and full of caves. And it is it is very a woodsy place. And we've got Hawking Hills. We've got Salt Fork. And Salt Fork is actually where the Bigfoot Conference for uh, the U.S. is held. So, uh, you know, Ohio has a ton of sightings with Bigfoot and Grassman sightings have been happening since I believe the late 1700s here. So there, there's a ton of lore with with Bigfoot in Ohio. And, you know, I always take pictures of like my backyard because I live, I live like around a lot of woods. And so I, I totally, when I tell people like Ohio, especially Southern Ohio has a lot of mountains and it has a lot of, of forest area. And it is definitely a place where I could see some kind of creature hanging out and uh, living off the grid. And so, you know, stories like this are really cool because then it's just kind of like, it kind of lets people know like Ohio has some really cool stuff. We have the Serpent Mound and the Serpent Mound is really, really cool. Uh, Ohio is definitely a place where when I'm doing my Bigfoot research, I would love, I would one day, like it's my dream to drop a book that's all about Ohio grass man sightings. Uh, and that's what I actually, when I started talking about doing my my Bigfoot research, that's what I, I wanted to do is just like go through and document every single like grass man sighting, creature sighting, and put it all together in like a little book for everybody because I was like, Ohio, Ohio is pretty creepy. It's got some, it's got a lot of haunted places. You know, there's a Crosswick monster here. Uh, we've got Bessie up in, in, in Lake Erie. You know, we have the grass man and the frog man. <laughs> you know, Ohio's got some cool stuff. I mean, Ohio is for lovers and cryptids, which uh, that's, you know, it's my fave. Uh, but yeah, this is super creepy. And, and I mean, if you're in Ohio, you are definitely used to deer, right? But having a deer that kind of lands in that position is very peculiar. So um, I do wonder if you have like had any other, you know, sightings or if you've talked to anybody who's had any other sightings around those areas, uh, because that is definitely, definitely very creepy. Um, so thank you so much, Aaron. I, I, I love that. And you're inspiring me to, to read more about the Ohio grass man. So <laughs> this is why I love these stories. Cause then I get on these, I get on these like deep dives where I'm like, oh, that's such a good topic. Like, oh, that's such a good story. And I, uh, and then I'm just down a spiral for a week watching Bigfoot and Hellhound stuff. So, <laughs> so this last story is a little quick one, but I thought it was really cool because, uh, I, I am a big fan of what's called glitches in the matrix. And if you aren't familiar with glitches in the matrix, they could be anything from like the, if you've seen those videos where it's like, uh, it shows like the soccer stadium and then it shows like a figure like running through uh, the crowd. And obviously the crowd doesn't see the figure, but it's clear as day, it's like a figure. Or if you've seen any of those videos where it shows like uh, traffic cameras and then all of a sudden like a, a car or a person appears out of nowhere. I love these stories because I just think they're very cool and they're very mysterious. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the, I always say it's like the, the Scully versus Mulder. It's always the Mulder in me who's like, yes, oh my gosh, it's totally a glitch in the matrix. Um, but I like, I like living my life like a Mulder. So, <laughs> so this next story is from Jojo. And Jojo said, saw what appeared to be me driving my identical vehicle with my matching license plate past me and my brother late one night in old Venice. Um, and, 
this got me on the glitch in the matrix things where I was like on Reddit, like reading other people's glitches in the matrix. And it's, it's definitely, if you've never read any of these stories, they're very interesting. And like I said, it could be anything from like where people see a certain person or um, they recall an event where someone had passed away and then that person's alive or it, it, it ranges, but glitches in the matrix are a very cool um, little concept. And I was really excited to read this story because I was like, Ooh, that is really creepy. So Jojo, I wonder if you've, if you had any other experiences like that. And now I just have to go into like a whole deep dive on more glitches in the matrix. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to do an episode on those too. But yeah, I, I loved all of these stories. I have so much fun reading them. And especially because I come from all over. I just love them. I just think that there are so many weird, interesting stories. And you know, that's another thing too. If you are listening to any of these and you've had like experiences that are similar or you've stayed at the Fort Gary Hotel and you've had something creepy happen or maybe you live in Ohio and you're like, no, I've definitely seen the grass, man. Let me know because we're going to come together as like a little uh, community and we're going to like have some creepy fun with all of these. And I, um, I just, I love these. I love these cool stories. It just, it gives me something to read. And then I just go on these like deep dives where I'm just <laughs> like diving all over the internet, looking up these topics. And it's, it's my favorite thing. But yeah, I'm really excited uh, about all these, these stories today. So thanks so much uh, to David, Aaron, Ricardo, Jojo, and Mike. Uh, thank you so much for sending in your stories. That is so awesome. I, I loved reading all of them. They were all super creepy. And I, I mean, I'm sorry that you guys had to be so terrified, but... <laughs> But hey, they make for good stories in the end, right? And then with that being said, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you have a creepy story that you would love to share, uh, if whether it be, you know, a UFO experience or maybe you work at Area 51 and you want to, um, you know, talk to me about it, I would also love that. <laughs> So just make sure to go to campcryptedpod.com. There is a, a contact section where you can leave me your little information and uh, can I? it gives me so much fun stuff. To, I, I just love these. Oh God, I love them. I love all the creepy stories. Like I feel like, honestly, if I could just sit here and just interview people about their creepy stories all day, I would. <laughs> so it's probably good that I have to do these in moderation because I would, I would get nothing done. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, uh, I am going to have some fun episodes coming up on uh, Mothman coming up. I had Patreon people uh, vote on which cryptid they wanted to see and out of, uh, I think, Flatwoods Monster and Jersey Devil and something else, uh, Mothman won. So I'm really excited. I've been to Point Pleasant before. I um, I posted my picture on Reddit by the Mothman uh, a couple months back and uh, I think I need to go back to Point Pleasant. I think it's I think it's it's time for me to make another, another trip to go see the Mothman. So... It's only about two hours away from where I live, so I'm not too, too far from Point Pleasant, so I'm really excited. I, I know my friend Wes, for anybody who's followed my cosplay work over the years, my friend Wes actually lives right across the river from Point Pleasant, like five minutes down the road, and uh, I always like, I'm always like, Wes, have you, like, oh, you know, he's probably just like, oh my gosh, Erica, stop. <laughs> but thankfully, he entertains my um, my chaos with, with, with cryptids, so... But yeah, I'm really excited about talking about the Mothman. Um, I think the Mothman is one of my favorites, and especially since there have been like sightings of the Mothman in Chicago and random places all over the Midwest. I think it's kind of a, it's kind of going to be a fun little topic to talk about because who doesn't love like a flying man with red eyes, right? Like clearly. 
And like I said, I'm also excited because uh, I was a part of the amazing crew and team for A Gettysburg Haunting. And so I'm going to have the writer-director, Gabe Braxton, on, have um, Edwin and Jeremy, who were, you know, the amazing leads for this movie. And I can't wait to have them on and talk, too. It was such an amazing experience with such a great group of people. And I'm very, I'm very excited for you all to see the trailer. I, I, I will definitely keep everybody posted, and I'll be posting about it nonstop. But I'm just so excited. You know, I, I love horror and to see the, the magic behind the scenes was just incredible and to see how much love and, and care and precision that people put into making it come true. Uh, it was just, it was just such an amazing experience. So I cannot, I know I talk about a Gettysburg Con all the time, but I'm just so proud of it. I'm so proud of everybody on the project and I can't wait to get you guys like deep diving in it with me. So uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about it. But other than that, Today's episode was uh, thanks to you all, like for sending me your amazing stories. I, I could not, you know, I, I mean, I had a lot of creepy experiences, but it's way more fun for me to read your stories than talk about my creepy experiences. So, I just want to thank everybody again for sending your stories in and uh, making my campfire tales come true. So maybe one of these days we'll be sitting around a bonfire, hopefully when it's nice out because it is frigid out right now, and uh, we'll be we'll be having some like "Are You Afraid of the Dark" <laughs> style episodes coming your way. So that is that is the hope. But hey, we're making it happen right now in my little computer room. My I, a lot. Of, okay, real quick too. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me um, about video right now. Well, right now my room that I record my camp cryptid stuff in is being used by the stray cat that uh, I found uh, a couple months ago before Christmas. So Salem, for those of you who follow my Twitter, he is taking up my space in there. And so I'm in my my office right now recording these episodes. So once that little guy is back in the general population of my cats in my house, and he's not confined to the room, I'll be doing those uh, live video recordings again. But until then, we got to make sure that little guy gets gets a little bit better. So so yeah, Salem, he's he's a cool cat. But yeah, in the meantime, hey, if you have any questions or need anything at all, just holler at me on social media. If you have any uh, comments, make sure to leave them on YouTube. Uh, I do also put all the stories and all the stuff on YouTube as well. So you can always go there to, uh, and and there are a few video recordings on there too. But um, like I said, once little Salem gets better, I can start using that room again when he's out with the rest of the cats. So (laughs) I'm just a cat lady over here. So I, I don't mind it at all. But hey. Thanks so much for you all listening today. It has been a it has been an absolute joy to sit here and and read your creepy stories and just have fun. And I just absolutely love it. And I I, I want to thank you all for being awesome. You are the best campers in the world, and I could not ask for a better uh, crew of people. So thank you all for listening. And hey, until next time, take care. <laughs>